This is Sifu Bender of San Jose Wenchun. We would like to dedicate this episode to Dr. Jack Ling. Welcome everyone to the Seeking the Bridge podcast. Today, we have a special guest for our episode five, Sifu Jack Ling. He originally learned from Leung Seung way, way back in the day. Uh, he's now moved to the United States. He's a retired professor, and he has still teaching. He's still teaching Wing Chun to this day, up until the coronavirus. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Sifu Jack Ling. Thank you very welcome. much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I started with Sifu Long Song in 1969. Oh wow! How did you? Uh, how did you choose Long Song? Well, I got in a fight with a classmate who happened to study with them, so. Oh, that's hilarious. And I was then, of course, having been brought up uh, in, in China, I, I learned natural style. You might have heard of it before. Yun was in Cantonese. And there were a lot of kicks, free kicks. So I was kicking the guy. And, and he said, oh, don't, don't do that. I'll take you to my, to my teacher. And you won't be able to touch him. <laughs> so I said, where does he live? And he said, oh, da-da-da. And happens to be just a few blocks from my high school. Um, and I said, okay, we'll go there. And we went over, walked up a flight of stairs, uh, got into this uh, open space, partially covered. And there were kids there practicing. And there was this guy. So I said, all right. And my, my friend said, okay. Jack doesn't know what Wing Chun is. Show him. And that's how relationship started. Oh, wow. Uh, and that friend, that was a friend of yours? Well, kind of a friend. I mean, you know, classmate. I call it friend loosely. But at least he got me connected. And he dropped out. <laughs> 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 so you can see he was not a very serious student. But it was neat because I got there and um, so I actually said, you try your stuff on me. And so did I you? put my hand out. Yeah. He said, you can use this. So I did that. I spin kicked, I jump kicked. I did all those nicey things that little kids like to do. And, and then he said, enough? I said, yeah, you, you can't touch me because you can't hit anybody that way. You have to move in. And so I, I, started, I said, what is Wing Chun anyway? I looked around and I said, those guys are just sort of repeating the same thing or standing up doing nothing. Uh -huh. He says, well, you can see, you, you, you can stay here and watch us. If you like what we do, tell me and I'll teach you something to practice. So I went there after school and watched. After a while, he said, okay, what do you think? I said, well, I want to try this first form, the singing top. Looks weird. It's so slow. And you stand funny. That's easy to your mind. It's really odd. And he says, well, that's what you'd be doing, standing on the easy kingdom and doing the time south and so forth for the next six months. If you're gonna study with me. Oh wow. And for the next six months. How old were you at this point? Twelve years old. Oh my god. <laughs> and you you stuck it 
through. Yeah, I, I was just one of those kids. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm thinking, I'm learning. And I want to show you how stupid it is. See, I was kind of not convinced. And I did that. And Han Bong Fok, the three hands, right? And Si Hulong, so I'm sort of correct the So I did that. I said, okay, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And he says, all right, after six months, I'll teach you the rest of the form. So I didn't really finish singing Tao until maybe eight months after I met him. I kind of watch other people practice and I memorize everything going on. And that's Si Hulong. So comment on me all the time. He said, I don't need to teach you anything. Just watch and you learn everything before I even taught you anything. Yeah, because I'm there every day for three hours at least. <laughs> and every so, day? Every day, yeah. Like Monday wow. through Sunday? I actually say Monday through Saturday. Okay. Um, Monday through Friday is for the class. In that class, mm -hmm. other people. But I was kind of dumb being a 12-year-old, I didn't understand a lot of sayings. I didn't tell them I wasn't Cantonese. But I didn't understand a lot of Cantonese expressions. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? Well, the one option is to take private lessons. So I said to, to, to Sifu, I need to have you help me with my hand more. And he said, well, come on Saturdays. Say, okay, I'll come on Saturdays. So it's really six days a week. Wow. For a 12-year-old, that's a lot of dedication. I started when I was 12 also. Yeah, okay, so you kind of know. Well, you have a lot more things to do than I did. I did <laughs> I did Tao for a full year before anything else. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good, that's good. Yeah, yeah, in Hong Kong at that time, uh, a lot of, I kept, and I experimented with developing tropical fish strains. I got fish from all different parts of the world and developed strains and resold them as a kid. Oh, wow. my, so my house, backyard of my house, had over 20, 20 gallon tanks and many other size tanks. That was my hobby. The other side of the backyard, eventually the wooden dummy, iron wow. palm training and all this kind of stuff. So that was the back of the house. So it's my area. My parents are just happy because it kept me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, Hong Kong was really rough, uh, I heard back then, right? Yeah, it's, it's also very poor, right? It was not long after the riots. It was a very violent riot. Uh, it was not long after all these, after 49, so the immigrants came in about three or four years' time coming over the border in the 50s. And there wasn't enough housing, there wasn't enough anything, and worst of all, there was a drought. Now, so it was, it was pretty bad, people were suffering, and the pay was horrendous for people who, who worked on, on an everyday basis. And so it was dangerous on the streets. Yeah, we as kids try not to run around too often, but I did, uh, and, and, and so, learning to fight and all that kind of stuff, talking to my Sifu, talking about the, the Gaolong Sing Thai, that little wall city. I said, gee, I need to go there. You guys went there and beat people up with, with poles. So I got to go there. He said, no, 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 you don't go there. I said, I go there to buy tropical fish. 
don't worry, I'm not going to hit anybody. He says, they'll kill you. So I'll show you then. So, so, so people know. So it took me, and several people, to the place. I looked at the tropical, there are a lot of places that sell tropical fish. And he, they introduced me to a Chinese uh, a medical doctor, the, the Chinese medicine, to show me the, the, the Wing Sun ointment, rubbing ointment. Uh, and so that was my introduction to Gaolong Zingzai. It was very dangerous, very crowded. The walled city, right, that they eventually yeah, took yeah. down? Yeah, the walled city, they, they took it down. But it was one of these uh, cities nobody took ownership of, and gangsters got in. And you can really buy anything you want in there. A lot of prostitution, a lot of everything illegal. And as kids, I mean, you don't want to go in there unless you have but people protecting you. Like, you know, Hong Kong was like that. You can just, right now, Hong Kong is spread out, right? It used to be you take the bus down to where Sifu's school is. If you go another couple of blocks, it's the beginning of the new territories. So it wasn't well developed. But now it's all, it's all built up. You can also see a real big class distinction socioeconomic class. And that pretty much defined Winston system. So where he was in Yaozi, the early school, situated very close to two well-known schools. One is where I went to, Diocesan Boys School, and the other is Huayan. Huayan is all Chinese and it's Catholic. Batso is Protestant and it's all sort of Anglo, biracial, and Richie Spoil Chinese, who have some talent, because it's an exam school. You have to be relatively bright to get in, but you gotta have money, <laughs> okay? So you have Yan essentially had a lot of kids that live in block, cinder block houses, and wooden houses you see on the, on, on the hillside. You might have seen pictures of that in Hong Kong, right? And when I saw, I went to their house, houses homes, I was, I didn't know how to act as a kid. The whole family lived in it. And then they go to school. So they were fairly poor. And Long Sung had students, mainly from Huayan, from Chinese students. And then after I went there, I brought in a, num a number of BBS students. And that was it. So that was a quite clearly, you know, oh, this is Richie, Richie kid, right? Da, 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 da. And private lessons. Expensive. I didn't really know that as a kid. I was really dumb. So I told people I don't have money to pay him every month because my, my mom won't let me learn him. So this is a gangster system. And you stay with, with Tai Chi Chan and at that time Xing Yi Chan. You do that and I bring the teacher back to the house and you train with him. And I said, I'm going to study Wing Chun. And my mom said, I'm not going to support you or fund you. So my plan was to use what I got in Hong Kong, red packages in New Year time, and take yeah. money out to give to teachers. So I told them, so I'm saying, I don't have money, but I can give you, give you gifts for your birthday and New Year. And he looked at me. Kind of, he probably thought I was just an idiot. Like I was a kid. Uh, he says, okay, give me whatever you want to. And so I collected money, gave it to him. And he looked at it. And he said, this is too much money. I don't want it. 
I said, what is too much money? He said, this is part of what I collected for my New Year, from New Year. He said, no, 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 that's too much. It's enough for the whole year. It's enough for private lessons. Oh, well, he, he really took a shine to you then. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't know that the kids were only paying $10 a month. This is standard. And, and I was giving him, what, $40, $50? $50. And I gave $500 for birthday. Wow. And he, he was embarrassed. I, now I understand it after looking back. But it was one of those things for being young and being sort of boisterous and said whatever I, whatever I thought helped. Right? Because it, nobody took, took me seriously. And that is, I don't know, some probably did not. And he said to me, he said, well, since you don't understand what I say, I'll train every one of the hands. Oh, wow. I said, count how many hands there are in each form. Some repeat all the way through, others are new in each form. And see if you can find them in the wooden dummy, Mokanzong. So later on, tell me which one repeats themselves most often. And anyway, so I said, I don't, I don't know how to use this. I don't know what, to, what, what this is for. So he says, don't worry. We have a lot of drills. Okay, so we do drills. And he said, I won't teach you anything unless you do a hand right. You're off a little bit, you don't learn anything new. Nice. After you do that, I'll have you trained with a C-Hink. I want to use you to use this hand, and if you can, control him. And that's, that's what, what happened. I learned certain hands, the fuse out from underneath, just going to the neck, boom, dropping the guy down. Right? Uh, I learned Pak Sao, Kwan Sao, Bo Pai pretty well. He'll have you do it with the sea hanks. We're boisterous. We talked about this fight. And then I'll bounce him against, against the wall. <laughs> and, then, and then Sifu would say, see, you can't even fight this little kid. <laughs> and you're talking about fighting other people. He said, you just have never met good people. Good people will kill you. And that is the truth. We tend to fight with people our age group and people who are working will find people who are working and they're tougher. Evening classes are made up of people who work. Working means bus drivers, taxi drivers, policemen, gangsters. And so we were told not to go there in the evening. We only went there to be introduced to one or two people that would take care of us. One policeman and one gangster. Wow. So most of the guys in Hong Kong now went to evening classes. Maybe I think two went in the early morning, early morning, 7.30 in the morning. And they went in the early, and they most, most of them were in evening class uh, 1969, post-1969. Who were your Si Hings that taught you when you were there? Do you remember their names? They touched hands with me. They didn't teach me. Sipo is the only one who taught me. Oh, okay. Saying, but... Zeng Buck's brother. Zeng Buck's brother I had most contact with. He was really cool. He was from Wayan. He was really cool. He had long, he had long hands and long legs. And he moved beautifully. When he does the fuse, the Bai Zhang and so forth, he had long arms. 
it really looks really pretty. And so I always enjoy that. And I always watch him do uh, the double knife form when you're moving forward on a back leg, holding double knife. Yeah. And he'll do that backwards and forward, forward. I don't know how many times a day, but each time I go there to practice, he's practicing the knife form. That's how much ahead he was with me. Um, there are a couple of guys. One who is now a, um, what do you call him? Oh, for, fortune teller or? He, tell, he tells you where to put your furniture in. Oh, okay. He, he does yeah. that. He's in the States. And he's the guy who used to come back and tell stories of fighting people almost every, every day. And he's one of those guys that, that I'm saying I have to stick on. Of course, afterwards, they try to hit me or something to teach, to, to put me in my place. But they were not that good. The truth of the matter is, a lot of these kids, these kids that I practiced with, were not that good. They just don't have the sophistication that you may think they would have. And because at that time, I think Sifu was very successful. You're having 25, 30 people in each class. Right, we're just there, and there were new students coming in. So I'm not so sure you can teach what teach what well, especially students, young 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 students, obviously, uh, in, in a sophisticated way. You probably have a better chance teaching folks who are in the, who evening students when they're older in twenties and so forth. But then they learn from what I hear much more. A lot of when you for fighting, hmm. but that's what people needed and made a living from. And we were doing it constructively. We were doing correcting all the hands, elbows, and legs, doing very much what Ben, what Ken does, right? but not to the extreme like what Ken does. But we could use that language and so forth. I think that the opponents we had were not that good. So I mean that's my my judgment. I. I saw folks who are really good um, that I won't have a chance to get close to. And that's one, one fellow thing to you, to you white, you may or may not have heard of, heard of him before. He is a home boxer from YouTube. He's become well known, he's in Canada right now. He worked for my, my dad's office. He delivered mail and stuff. He came over to, to my house one day and saw me sort of hitting on the wall bag and doing that. What are you using to rub your hand to, to so on and so forth? I said, nothing. I said, you're going you're gonna to hurt your hand. I said, it's all right. If I hit it softly, I won't hurt myself. He kind of looked, and looked at me and thought I was an idiot. He said, okay, I'll bring you something next time. And what he did was he made he stuffed a whole big bottle with uh, Chinese medicine and another bottle filled with black vinegar. He said, you train iron palm with vinegar. Not only does it soak and pull out the chemicals faster, you, you heat, you warm it up when you, when you train your hand, put it in, it won't evaporate as quickly as wine. Right, if you use wine ointments. So you see, he got that. He said, I'll train you. And he said, by the way, do you want to try my hands? 
Then she said, I won't use my legs, and I'll use, just use one hand. I said, come on. <laughs> so just because you, you're older and you're bigger. What he did was the minute I put my hand, my spell up, came up with from underneath and uses this this knuckle. Phoenix eye? Inside, hit me right here. Oh, wow. My whole arm was paralyzed. Wow. He said, now think about it. And you didn't even have a chance to move. I say, don't fight with people that know what they're doing. And I thought, gee, we have to practice iron palm and stuff. And I said, well, show me your iron palm. If you give me a break, not break it. And he smashed. He says, so if you train seriously in home and other styles, you harden your hand, your body, you learn how to take punches and so forth. Do you win Chin Kai Tzu? I only on the bong sound where my hand is all swollen from being hit practicing the lap sound. Bong sound, right? Right. And he says, well, you need ointment to rub it and cure it and so forth. Uh, so that's where I learned that stuff from him. And he was good. But he, as far as I know, at that time was not famous. His parents were students of Bong Saiwei, which is well-known home boxer. But he was just an average 20-year-old, 22-year-old maybe, trying to make ends meet. And there were quite a number of folks from mainland China that we didn't, you people don't know about, that are very good. One guy whom I met on the Ting Pang, you know what Ting Pang is, Anthony? It's a flat roof. Okay. Hong Kong, two, three floors. And you, you, you heard about these roof, rooftop roof lights. Yeah. That's where it is. I'll go up there to do my practice. And there, there was this guy. So, and he spoke the he spoke Tukien dialect. I don't know what he's talking about. So he said, okay, I'll show you these things for you. Later on, he took me to a school that he practices. These you, you may not you may not have seen these wooden chairs that uh, that you have in Hong Kong schools where the, the legs of the of the table and the chair are connected. Have you seen pictures of it? They're made of wood. But anyway, the idea is that he swept his leg, kicked his leg across and broke all the other other legs. Oh wow. And he smashed, eh? So blasted the table with tables have a have a lid. You can open the table top and put things in it and close it, smash it right down the middle. And I said, oh, that's <laughs> long arm given style. He was a a uh, spear champion in the Fujian national uh, competition. So you don't know about these folks. And these folks train differently than we do for obvious reasons, right? And if you just go and fight with them, we've been creamed. I, I got very skeptical about when people come back and say they fight with so-and-so and they beat them. I touch hands with them and then I throw them around. Or I drop them. I mean, you're not very good. <laughs> nice, but, but we'll beat the heck out of you. And so uh, I'm sure they, that's how they believe it. It's just that people, they fight with different people on their own level. 
every now and then you see somebody, somebody bring a seating or bring a seat, so <laughs> pick them up afterwards. But it was not the kind of ferocious uh, feeding that you oftentimes hear people tell stories about. Now, if you belong to a gang or that you are an older person who made a living in a protection racket, in Hong Kong, there are a lot of mahjong and gambling sites that open up at night. Well, Dai Si, I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's, it's a name in Hong Kong. It's, a, it's an area. And that's Sifu Senior Sifu Zeng Bak, was the protector. Uh, he, he, he sort of took care of that place. So those guys are pretty tough. But if you look at Zeng Bak, his hands are pretty rigid. His hands are pretty hard. There's nothing like Ken's like that. Very specific purpose then. Very specific purpose. They were trained differently. And I, I really believe that you find a number of people studying with Yipman, it's the same thing. They have the personality difference. And also they really try to learn Wing Chun for different purposes. And they took whatever they really wanted it and morphed it and, 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 and did well with it. So everybody says, of course, this is my main turn or my main turn. It is and it is not, let's put it this way, right? So leading to the disputes over who really is doing this and that, which I get very tired of. When I went back to Hong Kong, met the guy. So I touched hand with a number of them. Um, Eddie Chi is pretty, pretty good. But he's also a big, big guy. He's also the size of uh, Sifu himself. Um, but he's pretty you know, pretty adept, and, and he's got long hands and big, and, and had, a, had an odd time with, with Ken when he was there. And I thought, hey, he, he's a guy that would be formidable to fight with. And I touched hands with, uh, well, some of the students, I touched hands with Muyak students, I touched with a number of people who were teachers in Hong Kong. I just went up to their studio with Mimi, and oh. you saw Mimi, Mimi so friendly. Yeah. They, they can't, <laughs> They, they're not able to. They're not able to take us seriously, right? That's what I, I like think, to do. I, I think I saw some videos on. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you know, they, they they couldn't take me seriously until I touched hands with them. Yeah. And then when it got heated, and I said, "Oh, oh, I got to rest," and I got I got I'm old. So nobody got embarrassed. Good. And, and so we did that, and I went to different with different people. So I got to meet. A number of people and sample what it's like in Hong Kong. Kids learn, oh, Wing Chun, as though it were some kind of cookbook or something. They just run through it. If you don't teach them, they run to somebody else to learn it. There's always, always someone you can say, and they teach you the whole thing. It's far different from when you learned. Yeah, and a lot of them train so they can compete. Wing Chun oh. has a whole competition, so the hands are very different. And they really don't care if they don't have structure, they don't have this, or they don't have that. They change the hands quite a bit. The, the one gentleman, that pretty, pretty senior, with some lineage there, and is the most established martial art teacher, and the most successful, I think. He's a very good businessman. His bottom, so it's like so different than anything I've learned. Right? And, and so, it's, See, so I was pretty close. So yeah, I, I can see them. So 
in that. And clearly, um, Eddie Chi's hands look very close to you so and 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 the pole, long pole. Very, so you very learned close. the Lokting Pun Kwan and the Patamto from Long Show. Yeah. And this is slightly different with uh, Logam Tong, right? Logam Tong. Logam Tong. Slightly different. More than slightly. It's, it's very different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Long, you know, Logam Tong, I think, has his own. He's a very sharp guy. He has an ability to look at Chinese sayings, the Wing Chun sayings, and talk about Guan Da Bai Fong, okay? The Chinese saying. The pole has to be ready to hit all the in all directions, and it has at least to go four directions in the form. So, pole form, his knife form, all went in different directions, right? and he can, he can, he was good at explaining them too. I, I was I was impressed that he talked about it in a very coherent way. Uh, we certainly didn't learn, learn that. Was he part of a different class when you went there? He was in the morning class. He started in 1961, 60 or 61, in the morning, 7.30 class. He was working, he was working in the airport. So he had a lot of fighting experience. So very different experience, um, and just about every one of them. One worked at a hotel as a kid. Others worked in the evening. They were working, working young persons, and I think they just engage each other very differently. The language we used was very different. My Cantonese, how I speak, is very different than the cat. There are certain words I never used. I never expressed myself the way Ken did, but Ken was pretty comfortable with it because that he was using the language that he was familiar with. See, I want to capture that because people coming from different backgrounds, they were different enough that we have a different take on so many levels. We look at the Wing Chun sayings, and I look at them and I ask my, my mom, who, who was a classical classics scholar, Chinese classics scholar. I said, what does that mean? I don't understand it. And he says, it's the context. Chinese words, sayings, all depend on context, what it means. Right? Said, so he said, these are a bunch of words you threw, somebody threw together from different contexts. It's incoherent. I didn't tell him where it's from. Uh, <laughs> and there were specific statements that she thought was very well written, but she didn't quite understand. I think, I think Ken and was able to express that better in Loi Lao Hui Song. Let's hope it comes, right? Loi Lao Hui Song is a very important statement. There are many statements like that, but it's one that suggests certain kind of uh, adequate uh, etiquette and a certain kind of politeness that was missing in other parts of the Wing Chun sayings. Other parts of Wing Chun sayings, you beat the hell out of the person. <laughs> so it's, so there's, you can see the words, couple expressions coupled together somewhere along the line. 
the only thing I remember seafood I was going to say is you should be able to trace each organism thing through all the forms and how you train. And if you can't show me how you're saying what it means, you haven't learned what it's going to say. Did he go through the sayings quite often? He went through the sayings quite often. With me, he was much more general because I was a, a young idiot. I'm very truthful and I want to be honest. Uh, listen, and she goes out the other way and I take him home and I ask my mother, what does that mean? I have no idea. Like, the mother saying Chinese is so bad that uh, let me explain this to you and so on and so forth. Because I was very much stuck on seeing how. I said, what the heck does that mean? What do you do with it? <laughs> and then I said, says something about Dante, about inner, about cysts from the heart. I said, this is language of the internal system. Why is it in Hong Kong? I asked my Sifu, my Sifu says, never talk about internal system. Wing Chun has nothing internal in it. He made a major point. And he said, but it's in here in the words. <laughs> so my mom would say, well, some can simply mean center in Chinese, depending on what you, what you describe it, right? And there's certain things, Chinese words, Within context, with different interpretations, and you got you got you get a look what it is, and you so look at your ceiling. I did ceiling how far. He says, first I'll fall asleep. Uh, that's one part that is Yuji. The second part of the ceiling how. That's really Yuji. He says, well, okay. He says, look at the hands. I can see different hands. I said, teacher, if I'm right, I didn't know. For example, I never noticed that sound. You know that sound? Chatna. That sound in Union yeah. yeah. He said that is prominent. It's stuck on the elbow. That sound. Eh? Oh. Po Zhong Jit Lok. Po Zhong Jit Lok. Po Zhong Jit Lok. When you do Po, elbow, that should yeah. show that. Stuck. This is stuck. Eh? And see. He said, and then you go straight down. He said, now look at that. He says, you tell me that is not like internal system, where it's connected to the center and to the ground. And the second form, you're always on the back leg. We spend hours doing the forms on one leg. He says, why do you think you do that for? So that you can gain balance and develop certain muscles. And so every time you hit and you move, you express yourself, you're pushing it from the back leg. Every time you receive, you receive it into the back leg. Huh? My mom, who doesn't know Wing Chun, was just, she was just watching, look, looking at Chinese words and musing. And she asked her teacher, is that true? I asked, so, so, no, so I said, huh? Who told you that? And I said, oh, 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 I said, my mom did. She said, huh? I told you then, you didn't listen. Said, oh, wow, well, well, it, it's kind of funny. But it was one of those things that my relationship with him was much more seafood, father, instead of teacher, because the age difference. And I spent so much time with him. He taught me a lot. And he said, you know, don't teach Wing Chun 
as a livelihood. And if you can't teach it as a hobby, he said, Jack, you're going over to study overseas. Study, do whatever you do, then teach when you study. Right? I don't want to hear you suddenly starting something that Bruce Lee, a school or something. That, first, you're not good enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he was very clear and he was um, one of those guys I, I really missed I didn't even know he died I was in the States struggling very much finishing my doctorate and so forth about 20 years after I left Hong Kong and I would not have it was very accidental that I met Ken Kenny it was totally an accident I didn't know he existed he didn't know I did how'd that happen? I heard about him. There was this guy, so I know some student. And I said, Well, how do I find a person? He says, Well, you talk to so and so, and they take you there. It's in the Cow Palace. His school was. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're in the Bay Area. I wasn't. I was in, in Boston. Oh, you're in Boston. Okay. And I flew out here for a conference. I came out and I said, Why not? I'm here. So I called the telephone, I called, and somebody answered the phone. They said, oh, uh, so-and-so, he owns a van. You may know who he is, and he does dry cleaning and laundry. He said, he's a student of mine, uh, and he'll take you to Mowgli. I came to the place, and it was dumpy. Yeah. The guy was pulling my leg, the one who drove the truck. He said, oh, there's two tigers in front of me. Of the, of the school that is ornate and all that. I was pulling my leg. Then he just laughed. Well, nobody would introduce me to Ken. I walked in and there were a lot of people. So I found the oldest looking guy with a beard. And I said, you can't show me. <laughs> <Boy>, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, and, and then Ken, Ken, the guy came on and says, oh, I'm Ken Chung. He says, who are you? And he says, I don't know, some student, old time student. Uh, he says, okay, let's see, take a chance first. And what he liked a lot is to know Ken. Come, right? Jockey, right? Yeah. Of course, the first move that, that though, so he says, Pani Tao's Popeye. I did the Popeye right into him. Stepped in right into Ken. Ken stepped back and kicked. He saw him, <laughs> right? He rarely kicks. Yeah. He's going to protect himself. He kicked. Of course, I wasn't going to hit him, but I penetrated the center line. He didn't expect that. He didn't expect that, yeah. And he says, oh, you are no some student. I said, yes, I am the, the crappy student because I, I, you know, I've been doing something else in my life. I said, oh, you, you need to practice. It's, so like the, it's, it's like that part in uh, Rush Hour 2, I think, when uh, I think Jackie Chan and uh, what's his name? The, Chris Tucker's cousin and that in that, in that uh, like illegal gambling centers, hey, you live from that Sifu? Oh, I, I live from his cousin downtown from LA. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Ken had a nice uh, Latino student. He, he was really, really good. He was also very big. And yeah, I don't know whether he taught on it. Nice man. He was very good. I met a lot of Ken's students through there. Then Kathy Joe. Uh, and others, I don't know how I got involved with them. They, how, how about you pulling a conference together and bring Ken 
out to Boston, go to New Hampshire and all these places, bring some folks and meet them. So that is the time Ken came out to Boston and they met quite, oh, I, I'm, I think there must have been over 30 to 40 uh, trained Wing Chun teachers and practitioners in that workshop. And we had a great time. It's, and I actually got four students, three students out of that. They were all 101 airborne. One had four tours, one had three, one had two tours in Vietnam. Oh, 101, 101st Airborne. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one is the guy you saw on TV, he's still alive. Took a coconut and smashed it with a palm. Put it wow. in your hand. If you're going to kill in, in wartime, you don't play around. It was neat teaching them because they get to be on your toe all the time. They hit very hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned a lot from, from teaching that they were in that group. They also went to William Zerm's workshop around that time uh, at Brandeis University. A cool group of people. And some guys came down from New Hampshire, from other places. I remember Ken was doing his dirty oh, hand. The one where they kind of like slapped you on. Dirty hand, yeah. yeah. And he did that to one guy. One guy uh, sort of collapsed. He said, I have a heart problem. I may sue you. Ooh. And I said to him, I said, what is this? You shouldn't be here in the workshop if, if you have the heart problem. So he ended up not suing, but he did have a heart problem. And that's how I got to know Ken better. I had breakfast and so forth. And later on, of course, I came out with Ben to do some do the workshop at the Y out in the uh, retreat area. Mm -hmm. I didn't know them before. I should say, now I know why I remember Ken. Because I went down to Southern California, to Monterey Park, and I met Siu Wong. Oh, OK. Very nice, very nice guy. Yeah, we yeah. visited. Very him nice guy, and Siu Wong told me about Ken. That's how I got to know. I was, that was before I went back to Boston. I was, I was being a student at one of at Pittsburgh, one of the Claremont colleges. That time, it was fun going to down there to see Siu Wong and touch hands with the students, and the park where there are people from different martial arts lineages doing different things. And you have your Mun student, you have Chu, uh, you have all kinds of other uh, other uh, Wing Chun guys doing different things. And it, so that's only only at that time that I got to hear about Ken wow. and then got introduced to him. Did you see the Chong at Si Wong's place? Because we were told that that was Liu Xiong's original Chong, that the black it's one. Old Chong. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that's what the... the the, origi the original ones that you guys use with the tiny arms? It's no, the arms are close together. I think the arms were very close together. But the one I have at home is pretty close together too. And it's fairly short. I didn't really know whether the songs come in different sizes in Hong Kong. Yeah. I, just, I just thought they were all pretty small because Hong Kong folks are kind of small. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then if you look at the song the south, if you do your hand properly, structure properly, it's narrow. Right. You step in, you have to, you have to really be very, your hand 
has to be very relaxed. The shoulder has to be relaxed, right? To go in, to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Very small, right? So I just thought that's how they are. They're very small. Until I came to the States and they grew bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, apparently, uh, mine had three or four different songs and there are different sizes. Because they're made by Wusang in, in different times. It's, it's hard to, for me to look at the dummy and think about it as something more than a training tool. Because when I did the tune and the tuning house, did some drills, C4 already started me on the tuning house, hands in the dummy. He used the dummy to show how to practice what is proper positioning. Thank you. You see the footwork, the the back leg up movement, the movement of body from one side to the other facing the dummy, the hand thing. That is all in dummy. And Sifu Lam Sam would teach the form to show me what the right position is when I'm doing these hands in the forms, but putting me on the dummy. And it dummy gives, you, gives you a frame of reference as to position. Yeah, it's a tool. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Right? And he says, you're always tuning. You're always facing. You're never looking down on your hands, right? And he said, you, you're a short guy, so me. So he said, you, 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 know, you have to be even shorter because you're on your back leg. Right. Right? And the arms have to be about your shoulder level. So, so we practiced that, and it was small enough that it fit me perfectly. Yeah, so the dummy was a tool, just like the punching bag. I can't imagine Wing Chun without a punching bag because how much emphasis was put on punching and how we would be tested. Well, not every week, but every few weeks, we'll be asked to drop our hands on the on the wall bag. Sifu would put his hand on the floor. The bag is against the, the wall. And he says, I want to feel the movement at the foot. Wow. And that's when I know your energy is going in. Through your spine down the down the ground. Where was this? Where was his hand on the floor? Yeah. Oh, behind your well, feet. See, you have this. You have this wall, right. and, and the and the bag is against the wall. Right. So you're punching into the into the wall, but you you notice you stop. Right. You can't really stop. So you drop it like a hammer. Right. <laughs> Bottom three, especially this knuckle. Oh. Relax and stop. Well, you do it hundreds and hundreds of times. After a while, the energy actually goes down through the bag into the back wall because you relax. Right. And it's like a hammer, you're just throwing the energy out. And it goes down the wall. I'm sure the wall was flimsy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a concrete floor. Wow. Uh, you know, so what are, what are the, some of the things that Lo Zhong emphasized? I know in San Jose, it's, you know, yeah, yeah. Same things, were there more or were there? I wrote like? that in one, in one of my earliest articles. Oh, wow. Those okay. five things. After, after, after Ken's uh, workshop in Boston, uh, I wrote an article and I talk about what I learned on the basic sayings and the sequence and try to understand why you do that. Of course, 
if you if you look at it this way, lot ma, uh, this this idea of lot ma, kim is very important. Few people they have kim sa but no lot ma. They have lot ma but no kim sa. <laughs> because it's a special movement when you when you do that lot ma kim sa. And ting yu, of course. Tifu is the ting yu. Simply means he pushed, put his hand on my hip bone. Dang tao, dang tao. Since doesn't mean you look high up, right. look in front, right? Song jin, you relax your shoulder. As at first, you may want to even try to sink your shoulder. If you can't, you don't, you don't understand what relaxing means. Because ultimately, the sinking of the shoulder helps you sink your dang, the elbow. So when you do my dang, you're really sinking your whole upper body weight, sinking with the elbow as the pivot, as the anchoring point. Yeah, so look at this when you do that. And then, so where is your elbow when you're doing suming? He says in Cantonese, it's close to your heart, which is really hard to just morphous here right in your front, right? It's a straight line. But look at its relationship to your hip and to your knee, the triangle. Ken would mention that uh, Leung Sheng would often, as, as Ken was in his Yi Ji Kim Ba, he would yeah. step on his calves. No, he step on the back, on the yeah, back, the back. Of the leg, yeah. and stand yeah. up on it. Right? Yeah. And, and we were deadly afraid of it. This is, he's so big. We, we, we he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. And if you stand properly, he's not going to hurt you. He's simply saying you need to stand properly so the, so the force gets distributed properly. If you don't uh, straighten your back, it's going to hurt your back. If you're not facing forward, if you're not relaxing, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we used to do that. But also understand that so much of it that is seven uh, martial arts, Hakka martial arts. Dang Tao, Mai Dang, Tang Jin, Ting Yu. All these are in Nam Tao Law, Nam Ba Ho. All these are Hakka style. Interesting. Yeah, so you can see that, and when they when when they when when they come together, right? Oh yeah, 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 the dragon, yeah, the drag, the elbows, yeah. pulls down, right? So you can see these are interlinked. Probably, I don't know. Nobody really knows for sure. Wing Chun morphed out of that. Hmm. Unique part is they all talk about being relaxed. They want the students relaxed. Because what that meant is the mystery. Nobody really understood. <laughs> relax. How do we relax? What do we mean? We're relaxed. You just say you're not relaxed. So with that, that would be a long training. Yeah, those are sayings that that are repeated again and again and again. Thanks for tuning in to the first half of Dr. Jack Ling's interview. We'll be back with part two very soon. Please feel free to like the video and subscribe to our channel to get alerts when we release new episodes. Take care and stay safe.